For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is my co-host, Corey Walsh of Fear the Sword and Spencer Davies, a man who had the pleasure of being in attendance for the virtual Karis LeVert introduction. With that being said, man, Corey, so much has happened in the last 48 hours. It has been ridiculous. And I'm not going to lie to both of you guys. When these news, when these deals are dropping, it's always at like the most inopportune time for me because I'm I'm away from my phone, I'm doing something, and I'll catch it like five minutes after, and Twitter is like blowing up. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess my question for you first, Spencer, is what was rolling through your head when when you found out that we didn't have to sacrifice any significant assets to acquire Karis LeVert? Yeah, that's the biggest part of it, I think, is you didn't have to give up any active players. Um, it, it sucks to see Ricky Rubio go. I know that that team loved him. Uh, and I was kind of of the uh, attitude that they should have probably you know, kept him around and tried to re-sign him in the offseason. Now, it's possible if uh, Indiana does end up flipping him, like the rumors are saying, uh, for Rubio to return in the offseason, if that's the way he wants to go. Uh, but just the fact that you know they went out and got somebody that can fill it up, can make plays in the pick and roll, um, and, and really kind of play this hybrid role that Sexton and Rubio together kind of made, I think is what's interesting about this deal. And not to mention, too, that this is a guy that's, you know, basically entering his prime, you know, 26, 27 years old, uh, kind of fits right into the timeline and uh, being a home, home state guy, you know, being from, from Columbus and going to Pickerington. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a pretty solid fit. And we all know that Karras is a great guy and he's, um, his character's, you know, high as it can be. And that's what, you know, JB Vickerstaff was saying. I mean, the, the team itself, you know, Jared Allen, Ed Davis, uh, those kind of guys gave him complete vote of confidence. So, um, should be a good fit from that perspective. Corey, conversely, what were your thoughts on that? I know we talked a little bit about this in the, the, uh, the aftermath and the calf space and whatnot, but what are your thoughts? Just being able to sleep on it a little bit more. You know, I feel like for the past few weeks, we've been very um, hesitant about making moves on this podcast <laughs> yeah. because yeah. we just want to let the good times roll without sacrificing any big pieces. But the more I've really let it soak in, I feel very comfortable with the decision at this point because we, we didn't give up a lot. We basically gave up 
at most, in my opinion, the chance to not have Ricky Rubio back, which is like uh, Spencer said, pretty big for this franchise because Rubio was such an impactful presence both on and off the court and his ability to to help these young players develop throughout the season has just been so drastic and something that this team really hasn't seen at all from the past few years of this rebuild. But now that I'm sitting here and now my question has gone from where do I think Harris LeVert should go is like, do I think he should start or do I think he should be a very impactful player off the bench? And similarly to how we saw Sexton in the beginning of the season where he uh, JB was using him in a kind of the way he was always used, but he just didn't have the starting role attached to him. And I could see them probably doing that the same with uh, Karis Levert. Yeah. I saw you pull Twitter earlier asking, you know, whether or not, where people would prefer that the JB utilize him, whether that be in that starting spot or as more of a sixth man. I, I got to say to me, you know, I, I've echoed many, many times now that starting to me is becoming more and more nominal. I think it really depends upon the player and egos. And there's a lot of different, you know, factors that go into, into that type of decision. But, you know, for me, if I had to make my conclusion at this point in time, depending upon where you should start, I would say go ahead and hand him the uh, the starting role because I don't really, and I think Justin and Carter talked about this recently on their uh, their latest episode. I don't think you're going to lose too much of what Isaac gives you, and you're not. You certainly can still play him as solid complement of minutes. But Spencer, I'm I'm very interested, and feel free to decline this this uh, this question if if you if you feel you must. But if this was your decision at this point in time. Where would you utilize him at or how so? Because we know, just as Corey pointed out in that same poll, that he's most likely going to be, you know, closing games. But what would your decision be in in the process of that? So, you know, I kind of thought about this once the deal got made. I'm more towards the probably make him like a super sub type of guy. Uh, Just because you were just mentioning uh, about how similar, you know, he is to Sexton as far as the way that, you know, he – drives hard, gets to the rim, um, pull up jumpers. That's just all part of his skill set. I also think he was kind of forced into that with Indiana a little bit this past year. Um, but I, I would start I would start uh, this way by bringing him off the bench first um, and just getting him acclimated, maybe giving him his own unit to run a little bit, take the pressure off of Kevin. Um, and, and more so, too, because I don't think that you want to mess with this starting fives chemistry right now. That's the other part uh, that kind of has me a little hesitant. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we haven't seen Lavert off the ball too much here as of late, um, but that's something that he, he told us that he's really looking forward to, to doing with Darius. Uh, he said he likes to play off of playmakers. Um, you know, JB even agreed with me about uh, catching drives where, where Lavert could really, uh, you know, excel in those situations as well. So uh, I think they're going to play around a little bit but if it were up to me, I probably would bring him off the bench to start it off. Uh, but if he if he does start, I, I could see it working the way the rotation did earlier in the year with yeah. Sexton when Sexton would get subbed out like four minutes into the game, five minutes into the game, and then you see him yeah. staggered a little bit. That's at least my my opinion, but who knows? Okay, you know, I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, no, go I, ahead. Go, go ahead, Corey. 
that's exactly how I've been thinking about this is because the whole reason we're bringing in Levert is to release pressure off of Garland. And you're not really releasing all the pressure off of Garland if they're both on the floor at the same time. Like we can give Garland a lot more of a rest in minutes, like in games during this point of the season, if we have Levert in and he can have, he'll be like the first guard that we really have had since Sexton that has like its own gravitational pull to it from a scoring perspective. Like yes, Rubio had gravitational pull, but yeah, he was still he was shooting inefficient shots at the end of the day. And Lavert is kind of known for doing that now. But if he can kind of operate more freely and not feeling like he has to carry an Indiana offense that was kind of becoming more stagnant as the injuries started to mount, then I think we could also just see a kind of a different, more efficient version of Karis Lavert. Because I know a lot of people are jumping on his raw shooting stats right now and saying that he's an inefficient player but if he's surrounded by a lot of talent he doesn't have to take half those shots he probably felt like he was forced to exactly and there's a domino effect too i think that you know kevin love gets a little bit of a breather here because he's the one that's putting this (laughs) this bench on the bat his back and same with jetty osman we know how good jetty can be in a lower usage role but he's somebody that's taking a ton of shots uh actually before that barrage of threes that that he hit (laughs) against indiana in the fourth quarter which holy hell uh but before, yeah. before that uh since january 4th or something like that he was shooting 27 percent from deep now maybe that he's not going to have to put it on the floor as much and all that stuff out of necessity just like you're saying mac uh i i think that that helps them as well so um all around it's 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 relieving some pressure off of some guys and i think that that's the reason this is such a good um, you know, move to to make. And again, you're not disrupting anything. And that I think was the biggest priority uh, for myself as somebody covering this team. I think that you don't want to mess with a good thing. You don't want to pull the wrong Jenga piece and have that thing crash. So I think they did a good job of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to require some fine tuning, uh, especially uh, heading into it. I, I heard you ask him a question earlier, just in, in reference to, you know, how he would feel about playing more of an off-ball role in the minutes that he does share with DG and what, you know, if that would excite him and what his comfort level would be like in that regard. Um, you know, I think his response is something of the uh, something of the like of, you know, he's played off-ball most of his career. So with both of them being able to run the pick and roll pretty well, um, I, I feel like this this has the potential to be to be something really great and develop into something really great. And as I said before, I, I believe starting is – becoming more and more nominal. So whatever they decide to do there, I'll roll with. And I have confidence and full faith that JB will figure it out. Um, you know, with it's just another weapon as a, at his disposal when we have been kind of short on those, especially with all these injuries rolling in. Now, my my biggest question for you at the moment is Lowry. Um, how does Lowry play into all of this in regards to, you know, minutes because the rotations are going to kind of have to go through sort of a reshuffling here. You're going to try if you're going to if you look at this both ways, if you're going to start Karis over Isaac, one would assume you're still going to try and get Isaac the same complement of minutes that he's getting right now. But you may look to put him at the three at certain times and you're going to that means you're going to have to adjust whatever Lowry situation is when he returns. Um. So in, in that regard, are you are you feeling like Karras's addition is going to is going to take away from anybody's minutes? Uh, I think that it might decrease some guys slightly. Uh, but what it, what this does, it's just kind of an embarrassment of riches now. It's like a, a situation where whatever matchup you have, you can kind of roll with it. Uh, I, I 
again, I don't think that you want to try and reinvent the wheel here. I don't think that you go away from tall ball. That's what got you to this point. I don't <laughs> yeah. think you mess with any, like, like I, again, I still think that you keep the same starting lineup. Uh, and then when, you know, Lowry returns, you have Dean Wade play his, you know, 15 or so minutes off the bench. Um, you know, you still have to find time for Lamar. Like that's, that's the part that, is I'm, there not exact, I'm not envious. I'm, say, I'm not <laughs> envious of of what JB has to do here because there's a lot of talent and a lot of guys are showing that they deserve minutes. So that is where the the rotation might be deeper now. Like it might go past that eight to Maybe. nine. Maybe you go to ten because obviously it's the regular season and that changes when it comes to the postseason. But uh, I, I think it's matchup dependent. I'm wondering if we see Karis and Okora on the floor at the same time, any, you know, in any of these lineups. Uh, but again, it's, it's all dependent on who you're playing. Um, but I don't think you go away from what's helped you get to this point. And that's the, the uniqueness of having three, seven footers in that starting lineup. And, uh, you know, just having that defensive versatility that has them like at one of the tops in the league of doing that. Yeah, certainly. I think that that uh, his, his acquisition has has changed things in, in that regard. But to a larger extent, you know, it just it adds another weapon. And and, and like I said before, it just gives JB the ability to kind of uh, throw another weapon out there for defenses to have to account for. Yeah, I mean, when I think of the uh, how this team can use so many more weapons and be more flexible with its rotation, I immediately go back to that Golden State game with Clay Day, pretty much. Oh yeah, because that team we could like when we tried to match the Warriors' pace with our tall ball lineup, you really saw at times the flaws in us just trying to kind of force it because it's the only really successful option that's been working for us all year. It's the identity of the team. And if we had someone like Karis Laverde, it would allow us to play a little bit smaller. But at the same time, it would also because Laurie was really the victim of that Golden State game. Like the Golden State was like ready to just attack him at all times. And if we had Karis in that spot at certain times, I think we, that game would have been a lot closer because having three seven footers basically run suicide sprints up and down the court for like four straight quarters was really it was wearing on them towards the end of the game. It's tough. You have to make those adjustments. Um, and it, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, <laughs> JB was talking about basically if, if you know, DG and Karis are on the floor together, that they're going to have to chase him. They're going to have to chase him because he is also a threat to run an offense, to run a pick and roll. Rajon Rondo mentioned a couple of days ago that Karis hasn't played with a lob threat uh, in a few years. And now he's back with his old friend that he used to play with the Nets uh, with, with Jared Allen. He also has Evan Mobley there. can do pick and pops. You could do throw it over the top. You got, you got Kevin Ed Love Davis waiting team. over there. You got, <laughs> as you say, Ed Davis was on the, the, the Brooklyn team, but you got Kevin Love also now waiting on the wings uh, for threes and, and dumping it into the post. So he's just got so much uh, to work with here. And like you were saying, Cora, like it, he was kind of forced in Indiana to kind of play I don't want to say outside of himself because he is a bucket getter and, and he, he can, he can pound it into the ground a little too much sometimes, but uh, he is also somebody that's just, he's a killer. He's a killer type. And um, that's what the Cavs have really been missing since Colin Sexton was out. So uh, that I think uh, is, is a nice band aid here uh, through the season. And then we'll see and, and pick it up uh, where it goes there in, in the off season. I still think that they're going to try and uh, you know, get Sexton back, but, uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. I, so. but that, it, I mean, again, you can't you can't argue against depth. Uh, no, no, and certainly. you can never have enough scorers. So, 
Now, especially with the, the the recent injuries as of late, this and I'm still surprised the Cavs have managed to to kind of break even here uh, mm-hmm. with the, what they've had to work with, especially with DG being out recently. Uh, I mean, just along those same lines, man. I'm Corey. You know, man. We we've been talking for weeks and weeks at a time about how we did not want to sacrifice Sexton in said deal, and I was kind of on the fence about Karis at first, and you know, I've been completely transparent about that. And that is completely tied to the cost. And now that we do have him and we didn't have to get rid of Sexton to get him, I'm ecstatic that we have that option available. Um, and just like you, Spencer, I'm I'm hoping that they're able to convince Colin, because at worst, I, I do believe he'll sign the qualifying offer um, to, to return on at least the one-year deal. But I'm hoping that they're able to work out some long-term extension with him. Um, I, I really don't know about Rubio at this point in time, the future. I think that trade kind of, it it does definitely hurt your chances and 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 selling him on returning, but maybe these are internal conversations that they've had. Uh, you just you never truly know. But man, just outside of the Cavaliers, the 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 sheer madness that's gone on in regards to some of these trades. I mean, CJ McCollum is now a New Orleans Pelican. <laughs> that <laughs> I, I did not expect that. I, I did not expect that at all. And there was other players in that deal, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hield are now Pacers. So uh, some of some of the craziness today, just and Demon uh, Sabonis, he's a king now. I, I don't know how he feels about that, but uh, I'm sure the Pacers feel pretty good about three turns. <laughs> now that brings me to my next question. In that McCollum deal, Larry Nance Jr. was was brought over. Do you think there's a potential buyout aspect for him? That's my first question for you, Spencer. Uh, I don't necessarily think so. Um, if anything uh, were to happen there, and again, this is just like me thinking off the top of my head, like then maybe they would they would flip him if they were looking that way. But I feel like David Griffin's just in buy mode, regardless of what their record <laughs> is right now. They're still in the play in tournament hunt. You know, Herb How? Jones is playing his <laughs> playing his butt off. Uh, Brandon Ingram just won Player of the Week. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is is putting in work right now, so. Um, they're, they're, they're feisty bunch. They're like 21 and 20 since they started out one and 13. So, uh, they they've been playing better. So uh, does it, you know, resonate with a, a win now move like this? I don't know. You're probably looking more towards <laughs> 22, 23 than you are this season. Um, but by default, you might make the play in tournament and, you know, you get CJ McCollum, who's, you know, getting a fresh start here. You know, he can fill it up, take off a little bit of pressure of, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram there, Larry Nance, we know when he's healthy, how impactful he can be on both ends of the floor as just that Swiss army knife type. So, you know, you kind of like that uh, for Larry, especially because, you know, he was over in Portland and, and it, that situation just turned miserable for pretty much everybody in a, in an oh, instant. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering what's going I, I feel like it's not a bad situation. Mind. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he had some say so in this there, or they at least probably came to him in regards to these deals that they're going to be making because their roster has been completely overhauled, completely uplifted, and they got compensation in regards to that, but they look like they're set for a complete and utter rebuild there. Yeah, um, hopefully in his case, it's a retool instead. I mean, at least they didn't give up Anthony Simons. You know, that yeah. that's somebody that they had to keep. Um, you know, apparently, I, according to reports, that they're, they're still looking at Jeremy Grant, and they mm-hmm. got a giant trade exception uh, in the deal, so – Maybe that's something they try to do, but yeah, that's that's an interesting situation. 
Yeah, I, I would not want to be a Portland fan at this point in time. That's that's we've been there. We we know how that feels. Uh, but conversely, the Kings Pacers deal, old buddy Tristan Thompson, <laughs> is there a potential for him to be bought out? Would do you think? I know this is kind of just speculation at this point, but would you entertain that if you were the Cavs? If he was as he uh, if he was available on the buyout market. <laughs> So I one yes I think there is definitely potential for him to be bought out. Uh, just thinking of, of you know they have Rashawn Holmes, they've got uh, Metsu, they've got Len, they, they've got some bigs there that they you know still have to figure out the whole playing kind of situation <laughs> uh, with that. They even got uh, Nimi Keita, who's one of my favorite players at Utah State last year. Uh, so yeah, I could see Tr- Tristan getting bought out. As far as the Cavs goes. I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I, I know one party would welcome it. You know, I, I know that DG and Kevin would love to see Tristan back in the fold. Um, but, you know, they do have Ed Davis as that veteran guy right now. And and he's played the, the most underrated role on this Cavs team, I think, at just teaching guys like, you know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, the tricks of the trade, being ready at a moment's notice to step in and grab some rebounds, you know, get get some you know post buckets whatever it has to be um he knows what his role is and i think that they've been extremely satisfied with what ed's brought to the table so but if ed were to go somewhere else then i mean yeah i could see that i just don't see them carrying i don't know what would be five or six centers <laughs> yeah <do you> think, <laughs> well um, bigs i should say big <laughs> evan mobley's not a center so do you think the Cavs are going to remain uh you know kind of vigilant in regards to and uh, to making one more deal before the deadline, they do have a th- near three and a half million dollar uh, disabled player exception that uh, they for got Colin. for Colin Sexton. Uh, so that's a potential thing to keep an eye on. Uh, they're definitely, you know, sniffing around. I mean, they're they're going to do their due diligence. I, I think if this was it, I think they're thrilled with where they're at and how they've yeah. gotten to this point. You know, bringing in Rajon Rondo about a month ago. Uh, and now landing Karis LeVert by losing, you know, uh, one player, albeit very important, like I mentioned earlier with, with Rubio, but they lost one player who wasn't active. And, uh, you know, there's no need for the draft picks at this point. You have a ton of 20-somethings on your roster, early 20-somethings at that, yeah. um, and you're not going to, you know, draft another guy that you're probably going to have to pay again and find rotation time for. So I think it's the right time. Uh, to cash in on those those picks and assets, uh, I also thought that Indiana did pretty solid in the deal personally. But yeah, um, I mean they get that expiring there. That that was probably a big selling point. Those picks too. Those the expiring uh, a first rounder that's lottery protected, and then you look at the Houston pick. The Houston pick's basically going to act like a late first round pick anyway. Uh, but yeah, I I think that they'll sniff around and they'll they'll try to probably find a vet of some sort who's on a small contract. Uh, but if they don't get that done, they don't get that done. We'll see. <laughs> does this raise their ceiling, Corey? Because I, you know, we we both kind of gave our opinions on that. But does the Karis Levert deal raise the Cavs' ceiling in regards to the postseason? Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime you can add a consistent scorer onto your team, it's a huge win. And this team needs any amount of ammo it can get when it goes if it wins its first round and then ends up going against one of the top of the east that's what i was going to ask you does it make you more confident heading into a potential series with the best in the east in regards to milwaukee and brooklyn uh in a seven game series and even the bulls 
Yeah, I think it definitely helps a lot because of this offense was predicated upon Darius Garland in the pick and roll offense that the Cavs have been thriving on. We've seen at times that Darius has not handled being overwhelmed that well by the defenders, especially I think of that first Milwaukee game. Drew Holiday was like draped all over him. And there was at times where Darius definitely was looking for some outlet to get out of um, being trapped. And there were times that the Cavs just really – they didn't have the firepower to match up. So having uh, another primary or a, a ball handler that can also score at the same level as Darius is just astronomical. And he's like, honestly way taller. So it's a huge benefit. Too. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that Spencer? Does it raise their ceiling? No, I think absolutely. Um, you, again, you address that, you address the depth. Um, you know, if, if bull could come back miraculously uh, by, playoff time you also think about just that that potential um you're just oh man you're getting awesome. deeper and you have backup plans you know plan b's and plan c's um and then like core was saying just having a threat on the floor with darius offensively uh is huge uh, someone other than somebody you're gonna throw a lob up to or <laughs> get into the paint i know evan mobley's been doing good he's he's been putting it on the floor a little bit more now you know doing yeah. the the floaters and the pull-up game. I get it. But having another, uh, you know, a wing that can do that, something that the Cavs have been, feel like it's been searching for for years. Yeah. I know he's a little on the shorter side for a three, but you could play him realistically at the three, or you can consider him a swing man, you know? Like, so I, I think having somebody with a multi-tool skill set next to Darius in those situations could be really nice. And again, as a super sub, uh, when Garland's getting a breather, um, more than capable of, of, of running his own unit. Yeah, we've seen at times too with this Cavaliers team that uh, they're never that scared off of the idea of running a smaller three because there are times throughout this year and last year running a Coro at the three. And a Coro by <laughs> six, most... 6'4", four, 6'5". Six, <laughs> by most most people is a very short uh, three. So I don't think JB would really uh, be scared off by the idea of throwing Karis LeVerton at 6'6", six, six, even though hashtag height watch, he looks taller than 6'6". Six, six, they to always did. They did that with Darius. <laughs> they did that with Darius. It's the like, Darius thing is real though. I can tell you that just being in the building and Darius thing was real and he, he, he actually, laugh, he he actually laughed at <laughs> what's he listed at like six three yeah I mean, yeah six two or six three yeah I was I gonna mean, say I think he I think he grew about an inch or two he may have when he was at the Olympics <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just good time so man I gotta ask both of you guys so Corey I'll go with you first man if you had to build an ideal nine-man rotation and we know that come postseason rotations seem to shorten um this Cavs team is all of a sudden becoming more and more deep even with the injuries. But if you had to build a nine-man rotation, what would it be? I would probably stay with the uh, healthy version of the starting five we were seeing before. So DG, Okoro, then the big three of Lowry, uh, Mobley, and Allen. And then I'll give co six mans to Kevin Love and Karis <laughs> because, you know, Kevin Love should win six man of the year. <laughs> so no, me, Yep, you know it. Just wait. Just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> six so that's the six and seven um i think uh, uh lamar should get uh a tap in for that too uh for doing nine dean wade you know we're the I was premier say, you, we, are, we are the the premier dean wade podcast you can't leave <laughs> dean wade out <laughs> and then uh and then rondo obviously so that that would probably cap out my uh nine man rotation i mean if you really if rondo's struggling you can just easily swap him and goodwin 
around. So I think that that nine spot is very situational. And now with Levert, I don't see a window in which someone's going to be like, you know what? We should throw Dylan in there, see what Windler's <laughs> got going on, because that shooting is now completely covered. And that was like the thing that I felt like was keeping Windler in the rotation period. And see, they're so deep. You already forgot a, a, a pretty main piece to this team. And that's Jetty. He's oh so my god that's how easy it is now because they've made these moves they've added to their core they've added to this roster wow it's not easy it's not easy at all <laughs> and yes I, I agree with you that there's some way somehow jb will find minutes for lamar stevens because he's the heart and soul of the team in my opinion but yeah, yeah. Uh, out there. like it's tough it's tough it really is um so well, i'm gonna ask you the same him. question spencer you got to give me a nine-man rotation <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Don't leave out Jetty. <laughs> that would be and, then, and, then what, and then what happens if Bull comes back? Am I assuming Bull's healthy oh, by the playoffs? Oh my gosh! Um, I, I think I, it's I'm just. I, I'm just I would being welcome honest. it. I would welcome it. I do think it's unlikely. If he's not close to 100, I say just don't do it, man. Don't don't uh, put yourself in uh, in a bad spot and bad situation because he has the most to lose from that. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, but if he returns, that just muddies things up even further, and you're going to have to take somebody else out of the road. Lamar probably ain't getting time. Uh, you know, I don't know. You you could really go any way with this, but I, I will ask you to give me a nine-man lineup or a nine-man rotation. Same starting five as core. Um, you don't break up one of the, you know, the top defensive units in this, in this league uh, just because you got some new toys to play with, you know. Um, <laughs> Karis. Kevin. <sighs> That's a, yeah. When you get to honestly, that eighth, honestly, nine, man. Honestly, okay. Jetty's got to see time. Jetty's got to see time. He's especially the way that he's catch, uh, catch shooting this year. Yeah. Very much. Um, I, I, damn. Yeah. This is hard. <laughs> Do you think they will go 10 deep come to playoffs because of how it's, it's hard to do that in the playoffs though. I think you got guys competing and, and you know, you feel so bad for Brandon Goodwin because he's really played his heart question. out. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> he, he's played his, he's played his damn heart out, you know? Um, but we know the whole playoff Rondo uh, persona. It's real. So Rondo's <laughs> got to be in there. Um, and then I probably got to go with Lamar. I think, I think Dean Wade would be the odd man out honestly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say like I'm sorry, I but and that sucks because even when Dean Wade's been in the starting lineup, he's basically done the same exact stuff defensively as as good. Lowry. Very good, yeah, very um, underrated. Yes, love, love his game. I, this is a good team, guys. <laughs> this yeah. is it's the reality of the situation now. Good problems to have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if I had it. to go back on my Jetty mistake, I would probably say it had to be Dean that would get the boot because I think Lamar's too much <laughs> too valuable defensively. Like this team does. If it if you had to argue it's weak in one area, it's just having three twos and threes that can really guard defenders. And I know Lamar is basically a four that we're forcing <laughs> to play the three at times. And but two, play the two. I was gonna say play yeah. the two and earlier two. this year. Yeah, uh, I think JB will 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 just value that more because now that like. Like I said earlier, Lavert coming in adds so much more shooting, and that Dean does is a very decent three point shooter. So having Lavert now, it's kind of like the shoot need for shooting is a little less than it was before. Okay, I, I, I'll roll with that. That that's t- that's totally fair. This is a tough decision. This is something that is it, I do not envy JB come postseason time, especially depending upon the matchup. But I do want to talk about before we get out of here, man. Brandon Goodwin as a starter, six point three points, five rebounds, six point three assists. 
terrible shooting percentages as a starter, 27.3% from the field, but he is shooting 38.5% from three-point range. Now we know that, you know, he's likely not going to be able to suit up in the postseason. But with the wealth of the guards that this Cavs team could potentially end up with next season, do you consider bringing him back? Is he is he a player that you would want to resign if you're able to keep Colin? That's another thing. Like you you have Karis next year. You got DG. You got Okoro. You got a ton of guys that you're gonna gonna need to give minutes to. Is Brandon Goodwin gonna end up being the odd man out eventually? You hope not, because you know he just brings just amazing vibes, and it's literally <laughs> been since the the first day he stepped in when he was on the hardship first. Um, he went out and earned that two-way contract. He was closing games by his third game, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, which is which was incredible, honestly. Um, he's, you know, it's, he's a, he's a go-getter. That's what I like about Goodwin. Um, Got a little sexton in him, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's actually something I was going to bring up too, because you know they're both from the Atlanta area. That's that they, they they're pit bulls down there, man. They like to go and attack and attack and attack, no fear. Um, but. I mean, you kind of have to consider him the odd man out if they're going to continue to to put these these pieces together like this. And particularly, too, I mean, you know, Levert's extension of eligible. You have Colin, who's going into the, the offseason as a restricted free agent, and that's going to command him a lot of money, or he's going to be back on a one-year prove-it deal, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Do you consider you know, bringing back Rondo? Um, I doubt it. I, I would doubt that one. Um, just – just from from an age perspective, just from, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think uh, he's got, you know, more than a couple years left in him. Personally, um, he's obviously an amazing basketball mind. He's already talked to us about how much he can't wait to be a coach. Um, so that's I don't know. Maybe if that's a hint, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he uh, was out of the picture after this season and stuff like that. But. Focus on now. (laughs) Focus on now. Uh, And and they've they've got a good thing going. I was gonna say, living in the moment. That's 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 my thing, man. That's what this trade deadlines, man. I I can't I can't stand them because the 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 transactions become the product. And I'm like, guys, enjoy the basketball. Watch the Phoenix Suns, man. They're 43 and 10. That's an amazing team to watch. Why are we talking about extra moves? Extra moves. Like, watch the basketball. Like. So At least fun. this isn't the 2017-2018 Cavs that oh. just cleaned house come this point in time. Fountains, oh. not drains. But, hey, you know what? That's when Kobe Altman started up all of this asset acquisition, and that's why they're at the point they are today. A lot of people you know, were bashing the heck out of him for the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, and then you know, you have all these things. that If you do some giant web, you can see how they got to this point. And yeah. I think that's why – Kobe is, is winning the moment right now. I'm very happy for him. He's a, he's a great Has dude. he ever really missed? Uh, do we consider – has he ever truly missed on anything he's done so what far? Are you gonna maybe consider Andre Drummond a loss, but it really wasn't a loss because it was basically a trial run. Yeah, right? Vincent Knight and what was a second rounder in that deal. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. what did you really – you know, and, and that's pretty much what – you know, the detractors will look upon that and they'll look at the Kyrie Irving deal. But if you look at that, again, in a web – <laughs> and you look at the other deals in a web, uh, it got them Looks to this point. A lot better and, now. Yeah. and you look at his draft history. I mean, aside from maybe Dylan Windler, I think he's picked some damn good players, especially for where those uh, players were picked at. And um, 
no big ups to him man i mean he's he's having his moment and, and he certainly deserves it indeed with that being said, we're going to bring today's episode to a close. <laughs> like I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Thank you to Spencer Davies for joining the show and have a good one.